Hello, I'm Billy Atwell. I'm the Chief Communications Officer for the Diocese of Arlington. I'm here with Bishop Burbage today. We're going to be talking about news and events both locally as well as globally as well. Bishop, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Billy, and welcome to the uh, Diocese of Arlington. It's thank great to you. have you here. It's been about six weeks now. It's gone, it's gone quickly. And you're still standing. <laughs> and I'm still smiling. standing. <laughs> and smiling. <laughs> I'm pulling it together. <laughs> I wanted to talk with you about some recent things as well as other you know, unique elements of this diocese. I mean, some of the growth that we've seen. We're going to talk about religious liberty and other issues. But starting on, on more recent news, obviously hurricanes Harvey and Irma are very big news. It's been, you know, there's a lot of devastation. We're only starting to see some of the relief efforts in Texas, and then Florida is obviously kind of recovering. In fact, as of the time of this recording, there's still a lot of people without power even in, in Florida. When you first heard the, the news of the devastation in, in Texas and Florida, what were your thoughts? And very much united with our brothers and sisters, uh, with all those territories impacted by the hurricane. Beautiful to see the response of, of so many people, including those in our diocese. So many ways to help, uh, certainly through our collections in our parishes. Our parishes have held a collection to share financial resources. We can do so even on our own diocesan website. And we'll go directly to uh, Catholic Charities USA. So very grateful to all our parishioners out there who are contributing uh, financially so resources can be there to assist our brothers and sisters uh, in need. A number of volunteers uh, going down uh, to uh, the states where help is needed. I thought the governor of Florida uh, said something beautiful, expressing great gratitude for this kind of response. He said, but don't forget uh, what we need most now are our prayers. And so those prayers continue because as you mentioned, uh, this recovery is going to be a long period of time for so many people. It will, and Catholic Charities is already responding. They've been on the ground. Um, one of the benefits of the Catholic Church is between parishes and Catholic Charities, we're already in these areas. We don't have to send people. There's already an effort exactly. there locally, but obviously we're, we're you know showing an outpouring of support prayerfully, but also financially. Right. That's been a big need. And I know the uh, the online giving, which is um, something we haven't pushed as much in the past, was has been an incredibly responsive. We're seeing a lot of people come out. Um, but I know we've heard from priests that the second collections are doing very, very well. Yes. Um, so I, I know that that's encouraging. Also, St. James sent a, uh, a box truck full of food. They had a relationship with a, a food pantry there, so they, they loaded it up and, and sent it off. So we were seeing very practical outreach as well. Exactly, and it's great to see our country coming together, uh, and especially when others are in such need. Absolutely, absolutely. Another big piece of news that's kind of a developing story is DACA. Yeah. Um, deferred action for childhood arrivals. So the president announced that he was going to kind of sunset that program over two years and beginning in six months, hoping that Congress, it's, it's turning out that hoping as Congress would um, uh, step in and, and create law. Because before, it's right now it's just an executive order. It's not actually the, on, on, right. on the books. Um, what was your reaction when you, when you saw that? Because obviously there's a lot of, within the Catholic Church, there's a lot of Hispanics, a lot of immigrants here, um, and a lot of people kind of left in this weird limbo phase when we heard that news. It has given me the opportunity uh, even to speak directly to some of our uh, parishioners and those who would be in, impacted, their families impacted uh, by this issue to assure them. And I think it's really important for our diocese to hear that uh, the bishops uh, of our country, uh, both directly up front and behind the scenes are continually uh, working with our elected officials uh, to be the be that moral voice uh, you know I always mention that bishops are not legislators uh, we elect people to do that they're the experts on how you get legislative action completed 
So bishops speak to, to the truth, the truth of the gospel. And in this particular case, uh, certainly calling on compassion. Uh, obviously, bishops, you know, uh, support our, our leaders, our elected officials in one of their grave responsibilities, keeping secure our homeland, absolutely. Uh, but at the same time, we're a nation of compassion. And as you look at the issue of the hundreds of thousands uh, who could be in, in, impacted, uh, you know, who came here as children, uh, it's the only land they know. Uh, compassion, the respect for uh, the dignity of the person, uh, certainly will emphasize that we need to find a way uh, within that legislative process, which fortunately there's going to be time uh, to accomplish, uh, to, do what, to do what is right. And uh, we assure uh, all of our immigrants uh, that we are working on their behalf as bishops of the country and that all of us are praying for the enlightenment that our officials need at this time. And you know, I think it's interesting to, to discuss this topic for a number of reasons. One is, who are we talking about? You know, we hear numbers of 600 to 800,000, you know, right. the estimates vary on who it is. But one, the, the, the real people. And I remember you telling a story about um, seminarians who are uh, basically uh, qualified under DACA, but to begin seminary studies, they actually have to go back to, to Mexico, in, in the case that you were referring to, and the, the, uh, to begin their seminary studies there before they, they go through the, um, the immigration process and right. study in America. And the greatest challenge they had was their Spanish class. Well, exactly. They didn't even speak yeah. Spanish, many they, of them, or didn't speak it well enough. Right. That's a challenge. That kind of demonstrated for me who we're talking about. Right. So, yeah, in this particular case, you know, came here as, you know, two-year-old children, uh, went through all of our schools. Uh, one, in fact, was valedictorian of his class. Uh, but in order to fulfill the necessary immigration requirements, had to leave all that was familiar for a period of time, so to re-enter. Mm -hmm. um, and it just doesn't seem right. Yeah. And it does seem that we are bright enough to find a, a comprehensive, compassionate way to address this issue. And I think that's the, the point most people are looking for, at least the folks I've talked to, is um, uh, something that, that's just and balanced. Right. There's a middle ground here. We don't have to take one extreme or the other. There's got to be a right. reasonable standard in the middle. Right. That does uphold a, a, a standard of justice and right. law and order, which is reasonable, and security, obviously, right. which is needed now more than ever, but also of compassion that we can't do that without it. And as we speak today, I think there's some positive signs uh, going forward here. So there is some hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hopefully this will be done within yeah, that. Yeah, today there were some good signs. Within that window. You know, we're actually that far out from uh, the recent events that happened in Charlottesville. You know, we, we saw the, yeah. kind of these clashes happen and violence ring out when that happened. Because that's not in our diocese, but it's not far. It's right. not far at all. What was your reaction when you first saw that? Well, you know, tremendous sadness. Um, you know, as much as we would hope and believe that uh, outright uh, in any form of uh, racism, bigotry, prejudice, uh, would be something that is part of a sad part of our past to realize that it's also present today. Mm -hmm. it, it caused such disappointment, sadness, uh, and you know I think that we spoke out quickly. Uh, the bishops of our country, uh, myself included, is let's be clear uh, that there is no way in, in any shape or form. Uh, that any such behavior uh, can be considered acceptable. It's against the mandate, it's against the truth of the gospel. And 
but we have a sad reality that it exists. Uh, you know, I was just with our, our grade school students uh, today, and they're, they're young, and, and they're saying, well, you know, what, what, what can we do? And I said, well, we're not going to despair uh, because God's love and, and power are greater than any evil or darkness, so number one. And we're going to pray that God will transform hearts and, and nations, which he always does. Uh, and we're going to make sure that we give our nation uh, and we give where God has us situated now the right witness and example. And we're going to make sure that here in our school or here in our community and parish, there's no division. There's nothing but respect in the way we're talking. To one and we're going to be a people of courage. And if we see any form of that, any form on any level, we have the courage uh, to do what is right and say, this is unacceptable, and, and challenge each other to rise, rise above that. You also authored a, uh, a column in the Arlington Catholic Herald that addressed that and kind of the practical things we can do. We can't right. just speak about it in generalities. You know, we have to uh, work toward conversion right. you know, for anyone who's got a, a white supremacist mentality, anyone who's right. got a racist or bigoted uh, right. you know, um, sentiment to their, to their being. Right. That how do we address that? How do we address that? Yeah. And you were very practical. We've received a lot of, a lot of feedback about right. that, a lot of positive feedback right. about that. And we, and we trust God to, to transform hearts. And, uh, you know, and I think that this issue and, and the sad events of Charlottesville, which God forbid will never be repeated, uh, really made us aware of the need to, to pray that our nation and that uh, the hearts of others are transformed, uh, that we treat each other uh, without any any bias or prejudice. So moving on to some some lighter topics, and okay. some happier topics. There's so many signs of growth. So I've only been in this diocese for for six weeks. I lived here, okay. you know, in years past and all. Um, you're you're approaching your your one year mark. We're a little far out from that, but it's it's around the corner. Um, but the signs of growth in this diocese are tremendous. I yeah. mean, that has to be so inspiring for you. I mean, just. If we look at the seminarians alone, there's 46 seminarians, right. two of which are transitional deacons. Yeah. I mean, I know you've got a, such a strong background with vocations, having run a seminary, and I know in Raleigh there was a lot of success with vocations yeah. there. Um, you, you have to be so uh, obviously grateful for that legacy of building vocations from Bishop Laverde uh, to have 46 well, seminarians. Well, this diocese, our diocese, our wonderful diocese of Arlington has been known for years and years of having this beautiful culture of promoting vocations. Uh, involving all the faithful, you know, praying for vocations and encouraging vocations. It's, we are so blessed in this diocese to have such that strong culture that has produced abundant fruit and continues to do so with eight new seminarians mm -hmm. uh, coming in this year. And, uh, you know, just I cannot be more proud of our seminarians. Uh, they are very uh, high-quality men. Uh, very gifted and talented, very joyful and holy, very balanced, uh, represent our diocese very well in their seminary and on zeal, filled with zeal uh, for the love of the Lord and gospel and desire to serve. We had many of them in our parishes this summer, so I think a number of our parishioners were able to meet our seminarians, and I'm hearing nothing but favorable comments how much the seminarians enjoy their assignment and how much the people enjoyed uh, meeting them. The growth of how blessed I was just recently to name two new missions exactly. uh, in uh, Our Lady of Lavang and St. Gabriel in Manassas Park. Uh, the, we are blessed as a diocese where uh, 
the growth is, is rapid. It, uh, it, it's a, a challenge in, in some ways to how we're going to meet this growth, but it's a challenge right. I would welcome uh, <laughs> most definitely. Uh, I was just with uh, the diocesan uh, mass for young adults. Uh, I think they told me there were 400, 500 young adults. So standing room only. It was incredible. And, uh, and these are, are, are young adults who are, are, are so involved in the life of the church right now and only want to find ways to, to contribute. Uh, and then, but to be supported by each other, it, it was key. And, and so we are, are truly, truly blessed. Our parishes are vibrant. I, you know, I've not been to all of them yet, uh, but I'm going to you know, keep traveling. I'm going to keep <laughs> traveling. Uh, and every parish I've been to, uh, just a sense of, of, of vibrancy, life. Uh, and uh, just so grateful, so grateful to our priests uh, who are working tirelessly uh, to respond to the pastoral and spiritual needs of, of, of this growth that we are experiencing. And you know, recently, you even uh, in May at least, St. Bridget of Ireland went from mission to parish. Yeah, so that you see was some, great. You're creating missions, but also some missions are becoming parishes. That was great. And then PVI High School is uh, beginning the kind of the early stages of ground clearing in, yeah. in Loudoun County because they're yeah. There's they're, some signs of uh, this is uh, moving forward, which thank God it is. Yeah, clearing ground, and we're looking forward to building a, a magnificent new high school. Yeah, that, that growth has got to be inspiring uh, for you. Obviously, there's a legacy that, that led up to this, but you, you know, you're going to be the shepherd for them moving forward. Is that daunting at times? Because it's, it's a tall order. No, it's exciting. <laughs> it's exciting. And like you said, I'm a recipient of all that you know, has gone before me, Bishop Laverde's uh, leadership and our successors. Uh, I'm just a recipient of, in God's goodness, sending me to a diocese that is just, uh, uh, it's just so exciting to be in. And, uh, and we have a, a great team around us, have great advisors, and we'll, we'll welcome the challenge to meet the growth, and we'll do our best to meet it. Very cool. Recently, the, the issue of religious liberty kind of came up somewhat abruptly. It wasn't something that anyone was really expecting to come up. Uh, but during a confirmation hearing for Amy Barrett, she's a, a Notre Dame law professor that's going to serve on the uh, Seventh Court of Appeals. During that confirmation hearing, um, uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein said, when you read your speeches, the conclusion one draws is that the dogma lives loudly within you. And that's of concern when you come to big issues that large numbers of people have fought for for years in this country. And uh, Senator uh, Dick Durbin um, asked if she was an Orthodox Catholic. It almost became like a litmus test. Like if you're too Catholic, you might not qualify for the court. Uh, the USCCB, U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, had a very strongly worded um, response to that. Archbishop William Laurie uh, said in part, um, such questions are not just contrary to our Constitution and our best national traditions, which protect the free exercise of one's faith and reject religious tests for public office. They are offensive to basic human rights. What was your reaction when, when you heard that? Well, I think like so many Catholics and non-Catholics, like where did this come from and how out of line? Yes. I mean, it was alarming. It, it was, it really sent, it was shocking. Uh, and I think Archbishop Laurie said very clearly, uh, you know, that this, this harkens back to days where, you know, the people's, the price they had to pay for, you know, professing a faith or whatever was just so severe. And, uh, you know, so it was, I have to say the good news was that colleagues of, of the senator and uh, people of all faiths said, this this was wrong, this sort of questioning. But let's not be naive. Let's be vigilant. Don't be surprised uh, in this day and age if your faith is going to be called into question and you'll be asked, you're, you're, you're going to dare to bring your faith into the public arena? 
and, uh, and we're going to say yes, and it's going to live loudly in the public arena because that's what it means to follow Christ. And uh, I'm so grateful for so many courageous witnesses willing to do so. But, you know, this, this attack of, of, I mean, this concern about protecting our religious freedom, uh, it's for real. And yeah. this is an example of it. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's easy to, we've gone through such a long period of time, at least in modern American history, where it hasn't been under, like, direct attack. We've seen instances where yeah. there's been definite issues, the HHS mandate being an example of that. But... Um, we, we shouldn't be too comfortable That's right. That's <laughs> with right. the way things have been because yeah. it doesn't have to stay that right. way. Like this came out of the blue, Exactly. sort of questioning. Yeah. Exactly. And then, you know, recently also um, uh, Steve Bannon, a former White House advisor, uh, said on um, CBS's 60 Minutes, because the church is unable to really come to grips with the problems in the church, they need illegal aliens. They need illegal aliens to fill the churches. It was not only confusing and backwards, but it was um, not clear as to exactly what the church would, would have some great benefit from, as if there's some like underhanded intent here to welcome um, immigrants and non-immigrants alike. It was unclear what he was saying the advantage was, but it was clear it was, it was somewhat bigoted. Right, and he was specifically mentioned the Catholic Church. But that was the only yeah. reference to that, yeah. yeah. And uh, extremely, profoundly uh, disrespectful, uh, not only to the church, uh, but to the people that we are, are trying uh, our best to serve, which we have done forever exactly. as a church. And uh, those comments uh, were very, very disturbing, disrespectful, unacceptable. And, uh, and I think a, a great injustice uh, to the people uh, who are the recipients of, of our Catholic Church, uh, reaching out to them in, in love uh, trying to embrace them, trying to support them as they make their faith journey uh, here in this nation. Uh, and we, we celebrate, uh, and we mention all the time, the great gift uh, that our immigrants are uh, to the church, to the nation, the, their love for the Lord, their, their family values, uh, their gift to us. And we are privileged and pleased to serve them. And we do so for the right reasons, because we're one family, God's family. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. The gospel calls us to do so. So to be uh, any other motive to be attached to that is completely uh, unacceptable. Yeah, it's because we welcome, I mean, most illegal immigrants, people who, who were not able to come here legally, they were, didn't come by um, random decision. They came here because they're fleeing violence, they're fleeing oppression. I mean, some of them oftentimes are qualifying as refugee status. Right. So we welcome them to serve them, right. to help them. Right. You know, it just it didn't it didn't make sense. Yeah. Which you know, a lot of people kind of pointed that out. A lot of columnists, especially. But right. uh, what a gift they are to the church. Yeah. What a right. gift they've been to the church for for years, yeah. many many years now. As you know, Central and South America have kind of been in constant turmoil. Yeah. Uh, what a blessing they've been, and how happy right. the church is to serve them. Yeah, but definitely irrational. Yeah. Uh, and actually mean spirited too. Very much, very much. So you've got a couple of, of events coming up. Uh, October 14th, you have the Diocesan Pilgrimage. Uh, talk a little bit about what that is and, and why you're encouraging people to come. Uh, wonderful tradition we have in our diocese uh, of uh, conducting a Diocesan Pilgrimage to the Basilica Shrine, the Immaculate Conception, the patroness of our diocese, patroness of our nation. And we go as a diocesan family. And we are united uh, from all the parishes throughout the diocese, all our rich diversity, brothers and sisters in Christ. It's going to be a great day. There's all kinds of information in, in the parish bulletins and on our website, a day of, of activity 
We have some activities for students, seek and find some of the treasures of, of the uh, Basilica Shrine. Uh, there will be opportunity, to, of course, to pray the Rosary, Sacrament of Reconciliation, Holy Mass, and then uh, after, after Mass, a Eucharistic procession to St. John Paul uh, II Shrine, right. where we will play the Divine Mercy. So a day in which we can be united as God's family in prayer, praying for our own special intentions personally, but also the intentions of our diocese. One of the, I thought, the amazing things about the way this is structured, it's structured so that families, if they can only come for a part of the day, right. they're still going to get a fulfilled, you know, robust experience. Exactly. You know, I know uh, just from having little ones myself, nap times can get in the way and yeah. all these things. That's okay. You can come right. for two hours. Your children's nap get... time, not yours, right? <laughs> yeah. okay. just, I need the nap by the time it's sure. over. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's opportunities where if you just came for a small chunk, that's okay. Right. You're still going exactly. to feel, you didn't feel like yeah. you were ripped out early. There's, the that's way it's right. divided is you can participate all day yep. or just for peace, and you're going to feel very gratified. Yeah, coming and I welcome and really encourage uh, the Faith of Our Diocese to be part of this great celebration. Very good. And after that, on November 19th, we're celebrating the World Day of the Poor. Now, to call it a day is kind of misleading because we're actually right. doing like a week's worth of activities right. that are still being um, solidified, and we'll be right. publicizing a lot of that soon. But um, I know this has been a big priority of yours to, to make the faithful aware, at, at, at the very least, of all that the church does, whether through the diocese, Catholic charities, or the parishes and schools, what's being done on behalf of the poor and for the poor. Yeah, and that's the Holy Father's intention when he they, you know, names it the World Day for the Poor in November. Um, he's highlighting what is being done uh, through the acts of mercy uh, in our church every day. Mm -hmm. And certainly, and I'm very proud to say in this diocese, so extremely well. Uh, through our Catholic charities, through our parishes, uh, through individuals, you know, constant uh, uh, outreach to those who, who need us the most. But the Holy Father is giving us this day uh, as an emphasis. You know, let's continue this work. Let's be very mindful of that. Uh, and so we will have our own uh, uh, web page uh, site on what we'll be doing to celebrate the World Day of the Poor. But he summarized it beautifully. Uh, in his message, you know, that's just that constant reminder. Uh, let us, our love uh, for one another, and concern for another, not be restricted to our words, mm. but to our, through our deeds. Absolutely. So anyone that wants to learn more about that, they can go to arlingtondiocese.org. We've got a lot of information about the pilgrimage, the World Day of the Poor, a lot of that's forthcoming. It's in November 19th, so we have a little bit of time. Um, but then anyone that wants to uh, participate in the um, uh, donations for uh, Hurricanes Irma and Harvey through Catholic Charities USA, you can also go to arlingtondiocese.org and there's information there. And 100% of the funds go directly to Catholic Charities and directly to those who uh, are in need. Bishop, before we leave, is there anything else that you wanted to share with people? No, just uh, again, as, as you said, it's a, I'll be nearing a year as, as the Bishop of, of Arlington. In fact, October 5th would be the uh, year of the announcement. And uh, I just am thrilled, honored, privileged uh, to be serving as the bishop of this diocese. I am so grateful uh, to the welcome, to the support that uh, have been extended to me and encouragement and prayers I receive every day. And just to assure all of our faithful throughout the diocese that I will continue to do my best uh, to, to serve. Very good. Thank you so much, Bishop. Thank you, Billy. To learn more about the bishop and his ministry, as well as the Diocese of Arlington and all that's happening here, please go to arlingtondiocese.org. Thank you.